Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another Minecraft episode. My name is Kimberly Quinn, and I am thrilled to be here on this chilly January day to discuss something I just love talking about, which is, you know, new year, new freaking story. Change it up. I mean, we keep regurgitating the same old stuff, and this happened to me, and that happened to me. Here's the thing. If we are sort of allowing the same thoughts, they lead to the, then they lead to the same feelings. They lead to the same same actions or behavior, and then nothing's changing. That's how it works. New year, new story. Let's go. And I'll tell you, my inspiration for today is Rhonda Byrne, and you know she's the the secret person, law of attraction person. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm just not going to get too out there with it. I definitely believe. I definitely know know that it's true because. Here's the thing. I mean, a lot of people get locked into, you know, we're human beings having a spiritual experience when it is the exact opposite. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And even if I bring in my own cognitive psychology stuff, okay, because I could talk, I have my doctorate in cognitive psychology. I, I could literally talk about neurons, all things neurological, and not have one bored second. So if you look at it as, it all starts with the neurons. We are literally walking energy sources. We're walking balls of energy in these lovely vehicles we call our bodies. And that is the fact. I mean, that's just how it is. It's not touchy-feely, frou-frou. It's real. We are walking electricity. So, okay, so here's the thing. Rhonda talks about, I've got, I haven't actually I owned her books. I haven't looked at her. I, I've got great thinkers in my life. I've mentioned many of them to you. Oprah, definitely top of the list. And Wayne Dyer, they they're like co-tops of the list. And I've got Aaron Doughty. I've got Abraham Hicks. I've got Joe Dispenza. I've got uh, Simon Sinek. I listen to so many different people. And Rhonda Byrne is one uh, that I've been reading for a while, but not lately, like a long time ago. And somehow I just got like hooked into her for now. And that's good because clearly that is meant to be. So Rhonda Byrne's offer of the power and, uh, oh, sorry, secret, the power. And she starts off by saying, the real story is that you are an unlimited being. And you know what's strange to me? This is me ad-libbing now, is a lot of people don't get that. They think it's just quantum physics, touchy-feely, frou-frou. And, I mean, think about it. We are all connected divinely. You can label it what you want to. For me, it's God. It can be source of the capital S, higher power, the universe. You know, however you want to say it. But it's just a, it's just a simple fact. We are all connected to each other. What one person does, what we do to our do to other people, we do to ourselves, and the reverse. And it's not until we get that that we can really, really um, sort of authenticate. You know, land in our in the place where we are living our best, highest vibe selves, and are just living the life on our high flying frisbee. I'm just saying. And then she says the real story is that the world and the universe are unlimited. So when we think of it this way, it gets extremely profound. Abraham Hicks talks about this. When we actually think about it, you know, the God in me loves the God in you or the universe. If you're a universe person, the universe in me, you know, connected to the universe in you, that whatever it is that's bigger than all of us, which, you know, obviously is, you know, just watch a sunset one night and we get that it's not about us, right? Or you watch a baby being born or not even a baby baby or a baby baby, but not a human baby baby. I saw a horse be born when I was like, really little, like eight years old. And I remember standing there in my eight-year-old, you know, body and mind thinking, oh my God, you just watch that happen. And how, how can you not believe there's something bigger than all of this, regardless of how you label it. It's not my job here to preach. 
I don't even like people like that. So anyway, here we go. Um, okay, the, the the source that's bigger than us, the higher power, universe, whatever, literally creates worlds. So when we think of that, think of tapping into that source. It's like the biggest generator you can possibly find. It's, it's infinite. So then Rhonda says, there are worlds and possibilities that you cannot see, but all of them exist. You have to start telling a, a different story. That's what we're talking about, a different story. We all have one. You've heard mine, right? The backstory, two alcoholic parents, lots of mental illness, you know, lots of dysfunction, lots of abuse, violence, you know, um, all kinds of stuff. And the thing is, at a certain point, they also say in the 12-step programs, at a certain point, you know, the addict or alcoholic, I guess it's all addicts, will say, you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like, I'm sick of listening to myself. Never mind the poor souls around you. And it just gets old and tired, and it's time to change it up. And only when we change the hard drive is the external going to change. Are we going to invite and attract new people into our lives, new circumstances, new travel, new everything into our lives? We, that only happens when we change what's in the hard drive, what's in the vault. So she says you have to start telling the story of your amazing life because whatever story you tell, good or bad, the law of attraction must make sure you receive it, and it will be the story of your life. Oh, since you know, I really don't like to, to bring up negative anything, I will say on the non-positive side of this, because the law of attraction is a, is a thing. Like you hear in layperson's terms, oh, well, she was putting that out there, he was putting that out there, or whatever, whatever. You can, In fact, okay, here's an example. You can tell when somebody walks in the room if they have self-esteem issues. You can tell by how they're walking. You can. It's an energy thing. Opposite of that is you can tell... And there's a whole middle because, you know, that life doesn't happen in, in you know, like black and white polar, polarized things like that. Somebody can walk in with so much charisma. They have the world by the ass. They don't even open their mouth and you're believing what they say, which isn't always a good thing. But I'm just saying they got, when they've got that authentic vibe going on, it's just, it's a showstopper. Pe- people just stop and listen. They're glowing. They're glistening. They got the world by the ass. So... This is what we're talking about, is changing what's in the hard drive. So on the non-positive end, we know the story, and, oh, this happened to me in 1976, and then again in 1985, and then two weeks ago. No one cares. Here's the thing is no one cares. Do you have to work it out? Do you have to talk about it in the beginning when something happens? Of course you do. To feel is to, feel is to heal. To share is to care. we got to do all that stuff. I don't usually talk in bumper sticker. But we do have to do all that stuff. But when it's like, you know, decade two, three, four, that's when it, the chapter, you know, needed to be closed a long time ago. So my example is with the non-positive, with the codependent person. They're not doing any work on the hard drive. There's into whining and how come he did that? And he did that to me and he stood me up and he again and, and he's going to change for me. That's the big line. Here's the big news. No one changes for anybody. You change yourself and that's it. So the only person we have control over is us. So they, I mean, they might even be hit, you know, or, you know, in, in an abusive situation, and then, and then I broke up with him, and then they've broken up with, you know, fifteen of this this same guy, and then they think, okay, it's going to be different, and then, you know, lo and behold, another bad apple shows up at the doorstep wearing a different outfit. Well, of course he did, because you have not changed what you're putting out there. You've not changed your story. It's the same old thing. So when we say that in a positive sense, change that hard drive, realize our own value and our own self-worth, set the bar higher for the people we are allowing, and the word is allow, into our lives, selectively cherry pick who's on our first string, our second, our second string, 
our third string, get rid of the bench because we don't want them anyway, and this is what we're talking about. Okay, I forget if I said this right, so we're just going to reiterate. So she says, uh, there are worlds and possibilities that you cannot see, but all of them exist. You have to start telling a different story. You have to start telling the story of your amazing life because whatever story you tell, good or bad, the law of attraction must make sure you receive it. And it will be the story of your life. So we got to rewrite the script. People don't get, they think they're just, I don't know, like they, they get the, the, the golden Wonka ticket and you're the, you're the lucky one or you get the shit ticket and your life is going to suck. And that's a lot of people think that, Oh, you know, I'm just like, you're being led around. Like, like you're like a marionette and the whole universe is pulling your strings. That's not how it works. We are at, at the strings. We are the ones pulling our own marionette. We're the captains of our ship, and that's how it works. So she says, Rhonda says, imagine and feel whatever you want, and those will be the pictures you receive back in your life. Give love as much as you can and feel as good as you can, and the force of love will surround you with people, circumstances, and events that you love. You can, you can be whatever you want. I'm going to say that again. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. And the only thing I'm going to interject there, which Wayne Dyer, one of my absolute all-time favorites, would interject. All that's true. You can be whoever you want, have whatever you want, you know, all that, everything, travel wherever you want, all that stuff, as long as we don't interfere with anyone else doing the same thing. That's the universal rule. We are following our authentic path. We cannot interfere with anybody else's authentic path. That is the rule. We can, we can, we can be our best selves. Okay, so here's the thing. She t- Rhonda talks about feel it like you've already got it. Like you've already got it. That is so key to manifest your heart's desire. First of all, it's got to be authentic. It's not about like you know just picturing a bicycle that's going to land in the yard. We're not talking about that. We're talking about your authentic path, knowing that whatever your authentic heart's desire is is also going to benefit the world in some way. And that's what we're talking about. And to feel it, see it, believe it, so that when it actually happens, you're not surprised. You're grateful. You're oozing gratitude out of every orifice of your body. You're super grateful because that's how the universe knows your receptive mode. Like you're grateful for all these little things. Therefore, I'm going to send you more. We're not grateful for the little things. Why should the universe send you more? So we're oozing gratitude just out of every pore of our body, right? Um, but the thing is, you've got to feel it as if you already own it. Like whatever it is that's going to happen to you. I don't mean own as in material thing, but you own the new job, the new promotion, the travel, the house, the kids, the partner, whatever. That you, as if it's already happened. Because this comes down to knowing your own value. If 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 you don't believe you deserve abundance, it is not going to come your way. That's it. It just isn't. You've got to believe and put it out there that you deserve it. And then the abundance will come your way. We also need to give ourselves, okay, with that, we got to give ourselves permission for the abundance to land on our laps and also rid ourselves of any guilt. Because if you feel like, oh, if I take two pieces of pizza and everybody else only got one, then I should feel guilty because I took a second one. Well, yeah, if that's a real pizza party, then yes, you should because you were selfish. You took two and you didn't ask anybody. If you ask them all and they don't want a second piece and you do, well, go ahead, fine. But here's the thing with the universe is it's unlimited. There's unlimited pizza. So there, so there is the guilt. You want to eradicate the guilt. That is such a huge manifestation blocker for people that they don't get because they think, you know, uh, people with lots of money are assholes. Well, that's not always true. 
And if you think people with money are all are, are have to be assholes and bad people, well, guess what's not coming to you? Lots of money. I mean, it's just true. And look at it this way. The more money you have, the more you can give away. I mean, Oprah talks about this a lot. You know, really, the whole purpose of money is to be able to love each other more. I mean, as far as action goes. Obviously, the best things in life are free. Very cliche, but we all know that. Hugs and kisses and conversation and walks in the woods and all that stuff. All that is better than anything you can buy in a store. We know that. What she means is, I think, is that the more money that comes in, you can, you know, in the world, you can do stuff. You can give it away. You can, you know, uh, like Oprah started the, the school for girls in South Africa. That's like a really big level. I don't mean that everybody has to do that. But um, even uh, I was watching a, a TED Talk not long ago where the guy just, the regular guy riding his bike to work in Ireland was dry, was riding by a bunch of homeless people. And he started um, buying socks at the Ireland's equivalent of Walmart and putting them in Ziploc bags and passing them out. I mean, that's like... We, 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 we are unlimited as to what we can do with this. Okay. I got to reel myself in. I get off on a tangent. All right. So then Rhonda asks, what, uh, what do you love and what do you want? Those are really good questions to ask. What do you love about your life? What do you want out of your life? Right? So Rhonda says, let go of anything you don't love about your life story and just keep the things you love. Okay, I love that. Let go of anything you don't love about your life story. I've got all kinds of things. I was thrown into a dresser when I was, I forget how old I was, airborne, like bang, like smack dab into a dresser. And, you know, I don't really love that memory, but here's the thing with memories. They don't really go away. Do I need to reside there? No. Can I, can I, can I get, just decide that that memory is not one I want to, want to relive? Of course I can. Absolutely, I can. We don't need to reside in bad things that happen to us. And instead, what we can do is reframe those things that happen to us. So we can turn our wounds into wisdom. And we can also be that beacon of of light and healing for somebody else. I mean, that is really the best way to go, right? Because sometimes people get really locked into this victim thing. And, oh, no, why did that happen to me? Life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. It happens for us so that we can be that empathetic listening ear later on, or who knows what that's going to turn into. But we can also just put, we can put a different spin. We can't control what happens to us, like the whole dresser thing, right? We can control how we choose to look at it. And one thing Wayne Dyer says, again, who I love, is when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. So Rhonda continues, she says, if you hold on to negative things from your past, then you keep putting them into your story every time you remember them and they go back into the pictures of your life. Now, this is what people don't get. The stud old dresser thing happened in like, how old am I? Just turned 58 yesterday. Uh, that happened like, uh, like in 1975 or six or something. Why in the world do I need to bring that into my story now? I don't. I said it to you as an example, but I don't even think about that ever because it just doesn't matter anymore. Wounds to wisdom. And then she says, like, go of the things you don't love about your childhood and keep the things you love. Okay, good. Okay, there's a whole dresser thing I just told you about. And and that was my that was my dad, two alcoholic parents, a lot of mental illness. I also have really great memories of skiing, really great memories of skiing with my dad. And I have a love of skiing, which I passed on to my children. And that is a memory that's a total keeper. Oh, my God. He used to pick me up from school 
Um, once in a while, we're down in New York, so it didn't the snow wasn't as big as it, as it is up here in, in Vermont. And it, and I didn't know you you know it happened maybe just like I don't know I'm gonna guess at this maybe four to six times in the winter. I had no idea, and they'd show up and just plus we never missed my sister and I never ever missed school. We weren't sick back in the seventies. I think I don't think people were sick that much. We ate pretty well. We were outside all the time. Video games didn't exist. I don't want to get too tangential. Anyway, so I have really great skiing memories, and I have a lot of dysfunctional, bad alcoholic memories, right? So, But the skiing memories are just good. They were in the morning, and we I ski, we skied all day. We got a sub on the way to skiing, and it's just a really nice, good, warm memory. And we can cherry pick the ones we want to reside in and think about and the ones we would rather hit the delete button on. Now, they're not going to be deleted because the brain doesn't work that way. We can definitely move them to the trash, as we say, and just don't reside there. Just don't reside there. Reside in the good memories. And so Rhonda says, let go of the things you don't love about your childhood and keep the things you love. That's just what I'm saying about the skiing memories. Same person, okay? And I keep the skiing memories because I like that one. Let go of the things you don't love about your adolescent and adult years. Well, I think... We can all probably certainly agree that being a teenager was really hard. I mean, it's got its, you know, good memories. The dances, well, I guess that depends. I shouldn't have used that as an example, I guess, because that can bring a lot of pain with it too. But there are some good memories with being a teenager, and there's certainly, I think it's one of the hardest times of, of life, honestly. It's just so tough. You have one foot in childhood, one foot in adulthood. You're trying to figure out who you are. Your body's changing, and you're trying to figure that out too. And it's just kind of hard. So she said, let go of the things you don't love about your adolescent and adult years and keep the good things. Just keep the things you love about your whole life. Now, we're not talking about pathological denial, okay, because we do want to resign the truth. Whatever happened, even if it was horrible, you know, example dresser thing, that happened. Like, to deny that happening would be, would be pathological because that's the truth. We don't want to not, we're not denying the truth. We're just choosing to acknowledge whatever it was feel, heal, validate, process, the whole thing, and then shift out of there just to a, a much better, like, higher ground, to a much better better place is what we're talking about. Um, just keep the things, she says, just keep the things you love about your whole life. All the negative things of the past are done. They're finished. You are not the same person as you were then. People forget that. Your 8-year-old self is certainly in there. Your inner child is in there. But my currently 58 years, I've been 58 for exactly one day. My 58-year-old self is not the same person as I was at eight. She's in there, but she's different. She's stronger now. She knows that she's protected. She knows that she can't be hurt anymore. She knows that these people were dysfunctional and doing their best, okay, with all their shame and everything else, that they do not have any power over her anymore. She knows that, and this is so important to really get. So she says, so why keep putting them in your story if they make you feel bad? So kind of we're talking about editing. Edit your story. We're not saying get rid of because you know that isn't healthy. Just compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. I can't really say that very well. So just sift through. Keep what you want. Leave the rest. You don't have to dig negative things out of you from the past. You just don't have to tell this story anymore. Sometimes people think it's like, I like a purple heart or something. Oh, what I went through when I was 10. Okay, now you're 50, so you need to get over it. And it doesn't mean that to invalidate because it's important to validate. It's just important to, to 
to close the chapter, you know. It kind of like when I run around talking about this stuff, you know, various colleges and universities or, or, or whatever, and I'll share something, and I'm very clear that it's kind of like the skeleton without the meat. It's just bones. So I can talk about my childhood because it helps other people, not because I need to blame anybody. I'm so, I'm decades past that at this point. It's just like, a, it's, it's just bones. So I share with people because it might help them. But it's very, very important that we don't, I just, I, I guess to identify with our story a bit as if it's, it's part of our bone marrow or something because it really isn't. It's over. And if we got into how memories change, that'll be a whole other episode. But the past is over. It's done. So then she says, Rhonda says, just don't put these memories in your story anymore. Leave them where they are in a box in your brain attic and change your story. This is a brand new year, new year, new story, brand new you. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the beautiful and chilly northern Vermont. Have a mindful brand new day.